When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From movie set to multiplex, it's the business of film with James Cameron Wilson. Jerry, don't let us be the moon. We have the stars. I'm Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! To infinity and beyond! This is Simon Rose. We're not going as far as Infinity and Beyond. James Cameron Wilson, though, is going to be taking us through the UK box office chart. It would be nice to say that's heading to Infinity Beyond, but you've been so, so um, down about uh, just how dispiriting UK box office chart has been, James. Perhaps, though, last week has been a little bit better. Well, yeah, I went to the cinema once because a lot of multiplexes are basically not showing anything new because there's a big film opening this coming weekend called Avatar The Way of Water. So they're all scrambling for cover. So I did have to drive some distance to get to see a film, and there was one person in the cinema besides me. It's odd. You know, we talk often in the summer about the difference between the Americans and and the UK, how summer is a big time for American cinema, mainly because it's hot there. And everybody knows air conditions are, uh, cinemas are air conditioned, and so they're cool, and it's a great way of keeping cool. And we say, well, you know, on those rare English summers that we sometimes have that are very hot, why don't people head to the cinema? But it's just occurred to me, cinema might be a good place to get warm at the moment. Well, indeed. I can't bear to think that in the last seven days, I've only seen one cinema goer, one human being who had paid for a ticket, unlike me, because I don't pay. And looking at the figures, Simon, it's not good. This is the fourth weekend in a row where there's been a significant plunge. The box office last weekend went down 26.4%. The previous weekend, it was 32.7%. The weekend before that, it was 1.9% down. And the weekend before that, it was 36.9%. So everybody is counting on Avatar the way of water. Certainly my cinema seems to be showing it about 72 times um, on Friday. You think of this, uh, it's odd. How many years is it since the first Avatar film? 13. 13. Yes. So we'd probably say that the sort of people who were the most avid cinema goers then probably have now got families and kids and probably aren't as keen on going as they were when they first saw Avatar, but maybe I'm being unduly cynical. I really feel the electricity in the air, Simon. People are so excited about this film. I'm obviously so, so jaded. Can, but... I, you would have to do so much to persuade me to go. I just have no. Okay, interest. well, <laughs> maybe we, I'll we have a show wrong. next week. We'll have However, a show next we have week. discussed we'll a certain newspaper where I keep saying, you know, how they they reviewed something, and we we think week after week that they've got it completely wrong. Um, Indeed. If they've got it wrong, then maybe I should be heading to Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, most of the time they get it wrong, yes, but yeah. we won't name names. No, we won't, we won't, we won't. But it is a very so. good time of year because everybody's gearing up and putting out their Oscar contenders. Hmm. So I feel thoroughly, thoroughly spoiled at the moment, except for the film at number one, which is called Roald Dahl's Matilda the Musical. In hmm. fact, the top five last weekend is identical to the top five the previous weekend, other than they made a lot less money. So Roald, Dahl, uh, Roald Dahl's Matilda the Musical uh, plummeted 17%, mm-hmm. which is the strongest holdover of the weekend. And it's now got, in its third weekend, it's been at number one constantly, it's now got 10.8 million pounds, which is more than the original Matilda with Danny DeVito made. So and it's will probably be the sort of Christmas cinema panto film, won't it? Well, I think so. And I, yeah. I know lots of children who want to see it. And I don't know any adults who have seen it who found anything good to say about it, including yeah. Simon Rose. Um, true, true. However, you know, when we have young children, you take them to see things you don't necessarily like. I mean, I, the Barney, the film was one, one of the ones I hated most, um, particularly as one of my children then reacted to the, the Barney in a costume they had wandering around before the screening. Um, I remember that Barney. Yeah, I think I yes. have photographs. Yes. Anyway, number nothing, two, got... nothing though as bad as going to Fireman Sam, uh, the musical at a theatre, which I remember once when I just managed to get to sleep in the middle of this dreadful production that had no attraction for adults at all. And my son woke me up telling me there was a fire. Oh no! <laughs> yes, yes, a real but fire. A, well, no, a ridiculous one on stage. Oh, I see. <laughs> okay. I, okay. Well, if you're going to have a show with Fireman Sam, it helps to have a fire at some stage. Oh, anyway, yes, indeed. we've got off topic. I say we. I have. I apologise, James. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, number so two, we number have, one. Uh, number two, uh, still at number two, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, yep. which is now the 15th highest grossing Marvel film ever. That dropped 47%. Violent Night, which I thought was a hoot. And I've actually now met people who've seen it, and they absolutely love it as well. Oh, yes. Um, 31%. This is the true story. Well, this is <laughs> this is the real Father Christmas, who uh, gets involved with a gang of thieves, uh, played by David Harbour, and I just thought it was so surprising and even moving. It's also repellent, very funny, and it's it's amazing. It's a roller coaster ride of emotions, and above all, it's hugely imaginative and probably helps that you've seen Home Alone at number you, four. You know, got... just one second. You know how squeamish I am, but you think I'd enjoy this. Because it's comic violence, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's violence. It's, it's horror, I object to. Violence, no, it's not like horror. Sort of with... It's described yeah. okay. as an action comedy. Okay. Well, action comedy is probably one of my favourite genres. I will well, give it a go, go then, James. Yeah, Thank I you. think you should. I, I'd love to hear you chuckling. Uh, number four, we've got Strange World. I don't laugh is... that loudly that you'd hear me down there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to go with you and to hear you chuckle. <laughs> at number four, we've got Strange World, still at number four down 31%, which is a Disney film, a complete mind trip, which I'm very... I, I, it was fine. It was great. It, the, uh, the animation was extraordinary. I just think a lot of children will get lost in it. and uh, it's That's now got a total of £1.8 million. The menu is still at number five. Mark Mylod's ingenious... Black, jet black satire on haute cuisine with Rafe Fines and Anya 
Taylor Joy and Nicholas Holt. Uh, again, I saw it a second time last week and loved it just as much, down 42%, with a total of £3 million. And the next top, the next five in the top 10 uh, will all sound very familiar to you. At number six, we've got a Will Ferrell film. I seem to mention the name Will Ferrell every week for some different reason. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's in Elf, which is obviously a reissue from 2003. I did seven, enjoy that, I must say. I have still haven't seen it. I just don't have time oh, well, to see it, well, everything. It'll, it'll be on some streaming service some, somewhere, James, I would imagine. So just treat yourself at home sometime when you don't want to watch some uh, Romanian subtitled movie. Well, I shall go off-piste myself. I saw a film last night, which I'd never seen before, and I finally got round to seeing The Red Shoes. Oh, right. Yes, Palin Pressburger. Which is meant to be, I think Time Out voted it one of the top five best British films of all time. I'm intrigued. Now, uh, I don't really like ballets, it. so it's not one. I adore most Powell and Pressburger films. I can still remember the first Powell Pressburger film I saw. It was one of the first films I remember seeing, thinking, gosh, this is an art form, not just, you know, it's a matter yeah. of life and death. But never really got into the red shoes. Beautiful, but left me cold. Okay, interesting. And now I... I I really like I thought it was brilliant. At number seven, we've Super. got The Nutcracker uh, from the Royal Opera House, mm -hmm. a one-off event of Tchaikovsky's ballet. At number eight, we've got a film called Home Alone, which maybe you should see that first and then go and see <laughs> Violet Night. Chris right. Columbus's film from 1990 with Macaulay Culkin. At number nine, these are all old favourites, The Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, with now Michael you're, now you're talking true classic. <laughs> there you go. Brian Henson's film, from 1992, and another, and this one I did enjoy, Robert Zemeckis's The Polar Express at number 10 from 2004. Now, you'll notice I haven't seen any new films in the top 10, but I have seen a film at number 23 called well, The Silent Twins. The Silent Twins. In that case, I think we're going to pause, and then you can tell us all about it, if that's okay, James. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. I'm in conversation with James Cameron Wilson about the business of film, but it's a pretty sorry-looking business indeed. We're all hoping for Avatar to somehow restore box office to some degree of health. But James has seen a film that's way, way down in the chart. The Number 23. Twins. Uh, it made 33,600 quid at 155 cinemas, and I'm very sorry to see that. It's been quite the week for sisters. I'll be talking about the new Netflix film, The Swimmers, about sibling refugees from Syria later in the programme. But first to The Silent Twins, the true story of identical twin sisters who would only talk to each other. Technically, this is the third film about June and Jennifer Gibbons, following an 85-minute film directed by John Amiel for the BBC's Screen 2 platform, and a 1994 documentary, Silent Twins Without My Shadow, both drawn from the non-fiction book by Marjorie Wallace, played in the new film by Jodie May. To be perfectly honest, I was completely unaware of June and Jennifer Gibbons and went into the new film completely blind, knowing only that it was yet another movie starring Letitia Wright in a matter of weeks following Black Panther, Wakanda Forever and Aisha. 
she plays the older June, while Tamara Lawrence plays the older Jennifer. But you should really know that what is unfolding on screen is pretty close to the truth. I wish I'd known that beforehand, because at first I thought I was watching some kind of fantasy. As much of the film is told from the interior world of the sisters, as directed by the Polish filmmaker Anieszka Smokzinska. And the film is nothing if not original. In fact, even the opening credits are read out loud by the young actresses playing the younger twins in what looks essentially like a home movie, complete with stop-motion animation forged from the puppets the girls have made themselves. It is yes, quite... They made their own plays and things, didn't they, if I remember? Sorry? They made their own plays and things like that. Yeah, yeah, you see, you know more than I do. Um, it's a very arresting opening, and I was hooked from the get-go. I really felt I had entered the mindset of these tenuous, fiercely private creatures, while a feeling of otherworldliness is accentuated by the nondescript locations of a wintry Wales, which was actually filmed in Poland. This is an Anglo-Polish co-production. I had no idea where I was, and... It's just such an unusual film that really was so refreshing. Uh, I didn't know where I was geographically or artistically, which really set the tone for this, for what I think is an audacious, complex, yet beautifully simple and original drama. And so we followed the sisters as they resolutely refused to speak to anybody but each other, causing havoc at home and at school. The fantasy sequences dreamed up by June and Jennifer reminded me of the fantasy sequences shared by Melanie Linsky and Kate Winslet in Peter Jackson's Heavenly Creatures and add a real frisson to the drama. This is not a real grounded world that will be recognized by most cinema goers, but a fluid landscape in which the siblings' imagination runs riot in tandem with Smokzinska's own very original filmmaking style. It's a most courageous and I think hugely successful means by which to explore the bizarre universe of these troubled children while freeing up the conventions of mainstream cinema. And seeing something that is so original and seeing it through the eyes of these children, and I love stop-motion animation. I'm really looking forward to Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. It's a, a real treat, and it's been a really good week for me. Wonderful, James. So that's the Silent Twins. They were a little hard to get. How many screens did you say it's on at? It was at 155 last weekend. Oh, okay. and it's probably Most people a, should find it oh, somewhere. fewer now. Oh, yeah, yes. but I think it's worth seeking out. Okay. Um, and Letitia Wright, I think Letitia Wright gets better with each film. I wasn't a huge fan of her in the early days, but she's really come on and i would like to talk to you about a new dvd release of the four films i will be talking about on this program today none is directed by a man and i think the best of the bunch is emily which is out on dvd as we speak as of this week i think it succeeds at a time of year of exceptional movies but matilda of course is because it is both intellectually daring. I'm sorry, just a new phrase. Instead of bar humbug, it's bar Matilda. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Indeed, I'll remember that. But yeah, I found this both intellectually daring and terribly moving. 
as well as being a courageous work of cinema, much like the Twin Sisters. It is exquisitely made, beautifully scored by Abel Korzeniowski, and I will be voting for his score for Best Score of the Year. And it is sublimely acted. You really couldn't ask more of a film. And Emily, for me, is definitely one one of the best of the year. It also establishes Emma Mackey as a major star following her turn as the troubled hot girl Maeve Wiley on Sex Education, courtesy, courtesy of Netflix. I'm now on series two, incidentally, and I'm dreading the day it ends. I'm so enjoying it. And <laughs> particularly glad. Emma Mackey. In Emily, which marks the directorial debut of the actress Frances O'Connor, who starred in Steven Spielberg's AI and played Fanny Price in the 1999 film version of Mansfield Park, the short life of Emily Bronte is given, shall we say, a creative tweak. It's not rigorously accurate to the facts, but then neither was Andrew Dominic's Blonde. But in some ways, I think... Dominic really captured the emotional trajectory that Marilyn Run Monroe underwent. Unless you are making a documentary like Amy about Amy Winehouse, you cannot hope to get beneath the skin of a real person. But you can spotlight the spirit of that individual and explore the times that formed her or, or indeed him. Here in Emily, Emily Bronte writes under her own name and not the pseudonym. She adopted in real life, Ellis Bell. If that upsets you, then don't see the film. It didn't upset me. I think what's so special about the film is that as a first-time director, Frances O'Connor resists the temptation to show off, investing all her confidence in her material, which she also wrote without any necessary flourishes. Often you see first-time directors, they can't wait to sort of start pushing the camera around in really bizarre directions. The film looks gorgeous, but it's ultimately the subject matter that resonates, that against impossible odds, an insulated daughter of an Anglican priest living in the wilds of Yorkshire in the early 1800s could have written a literary masterpiece like The Tenant of Wildfell Hall, and that her older sister could have written Jane Eyre. And her other sister, Emily Bronte, could have written Wuthering Heights, her only novel. Dismissed by her sister Charlotte as ugly and base, full of ugly people who only care about themselves. It mm. is, the Bronte sisters, it's just it's quite an astonishing story. Meanwhile, it's absurd to think that Emma Mackey, who is so good in this, only made her professional acting debut three years ago, was nominated for a BAFTA last year and is now the star of this truly remarkable film. That is... And destined for so much more. It's, I mean, whoever the casting director for Sex Education was, I mean, they deserve uh, good naming awards because some of those actors are going on to, to great things and deservedly so. Well, Amy Lou, Lou Wood did it actually win a BAFTA last year. Mm. Or best comedy performance in sex education. Yeah, so They're all doing her. incredibly well. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, this is, um, I would like to talk about a film. This is a streaming film, which I believe you've seen, called The Swimmers. And it has been a terrific year for female filmmakers. While Gina Prince-Bythewood and Sarah Polly are getting considerable Oscar buzz for their films, The Woman King and Women Talking, I think there are others that should be acknowledged. Personally, I shall be voting for Maria Schrader's intelligent handling of an extremely difficult subject, Harvey Weinstein on She Said, as well as Frances O'Connor for Emily, both of whom happen to be former actresses, interestingly. Not I, so I, I, I can't remember if I've already told you I've seen She Said. I did see it anyway, and you were quite you, right. You, you well, well it last week. I, yeah. I apologise. Yeah. Okay, good. No, that's all right. Um, but no, um, my third choice, an Egyptian director born in Wales, has only made two films in 10 years, but whose latest is, I thought, astonishingly good. It's called The Swimmers, and can be seen on Netflix as we speak. It is the true story of two Syrian sisters who were hoping to represent their country in the Olympics until Putin's bombs began raining down on their hometown of Damascus. Sally El Hosseini was raised in Cairo, but born in Swansea, which probably makes her an ideal chronicler of these misplaced women who pursued their dream at an unimaginable cost. On one level, The Swimmers is a sporting drama, like so many before it. On another, a war-at-home drama, and we've seen a few of those, Mm. and then also a refugee drama. I think it succeeds best in the last-named category and deserves a place right beside Kerry Fukunaga's Sin Nombre, which I thought was brilliant, and Ai Weiwei's Human Flow, both extraordinary emotive films describing the refugee crisis. Having recently spent the evening talking to some Ukrainian refugees, at least temporary ones, I perhaps found The Swimmers all the more moving. But it is so well made. There's one heartbreaking scene in which Yusra Mardini throws all her hard-won swimming medals into the sea in the hope in the pathetic hope that it will make the dinghy in which she and her fellow refugees are clinging to, well, would make it lighter. Yeah. And there's another moment, which was absolutely brilliant, set in 2015, set in a nightclub where the glitter ball and strobe lighting blend in with the ominous streaks over the night sky of Damascus, which then ignite the Syrian cityscape. Yeah. And they're unaware of it. It's just all these lights. That was so powerful. Above all, though, this is the powerful story of how fear, ambition, pride and desperation propel Yusra and her sister Sarah to struggle on to escape Syria to find a safe haven in Europe, as Europe was back in 2015. It was much safer then, of course, than it is now. Yeah. And I know you've seen it. Um, and I have. I, it. I thought it was. I thought it was a, a splendid film. And, and in fact, all the way through, I was thinking it was just your sort of film. Oh, um, bless you! I, I felt. I think I was because the trailer that I think I was hooked by the trailer Netflix have up, which of course is is not really about what the film is a, is about. So I was hooked into thinking it was much more of a sort of underdog sporting drama. Um, and I wasn't. It wasn't quite the film I was expecting, but I thought it was absolutely. Splendid, beautifully made, as you say, and incredibly moving, and and you know, um, I mean, a heartwarming story in the end, but you know, in a a milieu in which most of the stories are not. 
I think any one of those scenes that keep on coming back to me would be remarkable in any film. But there are so many really yeah. moving sequences. It is, yeah, it is, it is fantastic. And um, when the when she walks up to Sven, I, I, well, you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to give anything away. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, the walking up to Sven, up to Sven bit was the bit that was the, the trailer. Uh, oh no! <laughs> yeah, oh, and you know that's one of the awful. Things. Well, the trouble is with Netflix, of course, they they roll the trailers while you're looking to see what to watch. It, it doesn't oh, yes. really give you a choice, and if the trailer starts, it's quite hard to stop it. Well, I haven't worked no, out how to do easy. it anyway. Um, now, um, anyway, I James, did that's mention great. I did mention that I've actually saw four films directed oh. by women. But right. I'll only mention <clears throat> Lady Chatter's Lover in passing, just so that you know I haven't lost my critical faculties because I've been raving about everything. But I'm not going to be raving about Lady Chatterley. But as I can only really cover one film next week, Avatar The Way of Water, I'll save okay. my review of Lady <laughs> Chatterley's right. Lover, direct another female-directed film for next week. James, thank you very much indeed. James will be back telling us all about whether it is worth going to the cinema to see Avatar and bar... Matilda again, I've no <laughs> doubt, next week, though at least it won't be number one, I imagine. But that's it for all the business of film for this week. Thank you, James. I want to be alone. My Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> 